0: Welcome back to Sisterly History Mysteries. I'm Carly. I'm Megan. And I'm Carly. And I'm going to tell you, uh,
1: you know what I love about the city of Chicago? Oh, do tell. So, like, if I'm walking somewhere as a pedestrian and I am walking a crosswalk and the little walking man light is up, Mm -hmm. indicating that I do indeed have the right of way and then I get honked at anyway hmm. by people like turning left and I'm like if you're turning left you're not important
0: Mm-hmm.
1: like you virtually <sighs> <laughs> or dare I say if they have like a stop sign so I cross and then I get yelled at Mm-hmm. And by yelled at I mean they honk at me
0: honked at by a horn I mean yelled at by a horn
1: like, but, yes.
0: I don't All know. Right, well, just, you don't think seem... That was a really stupid thing for me to say. No, I get you. My thing in Dublin is cyclists. They just... They just don't follow any rules. They...
1: But I, I am following this in. rules.
0: No, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to turn this into shit-talking cyclists, because I'm sure some of them do follow rules, but they'll be riding their bike on the pavement, or just not, like, oh, stopping yeah. when they're supposed to stop, and it's scary and dangerous... Exciting yes. content as always. <laughs> what are you up to today? Um,
1: well, I went to get a coffee and then I got mad because of the drivers. That, <laughs> the, the driver that honked at me. Um, and, well, I have a new game I'm playing on my computer, so that's fun. What's I gotta a game? work a little bit. It's about
0: Vikings. Nice. My yeah. God, you're working so much.
1: I know we're trying to work overtime, mm. and at the same time, that's not going to be available forever. So I really need to be taking advantage of it as much as I can. While oh, I see, while I can, so
0: makes sense. I'm
1: kind of scared that I'm gonna get fired because we got so busy. I work in real estate, and I'm really pretty expendable. I'm like an office assistant, but all I do is data entry. And so... It's
0: crazy how I didn't even know that you worked in real estate. Like, I just oh. didn't even know what you do. Do you know what I do? No. Okay, fair. Um, <laughs> then I don't feel that.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know you are, you are like, a receptionist, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. In, in aircraft leasing.
1: Didn't know that. Um, yeah. That sounds bougie, though.
0: It's really, really bougie. Great.
1: So, um, we... So, interest rates dropped with real estate and everything so everyone is refinancing their homes right now so we got super busy right as um someone went on vacation too so they hired Mm. a bunch of people and now things are slowing down and i'm like oh god what if they like make cuts what if i get
0: fired i see that would suck
1: anyway that's a problem for a different day
0: you would be okay
1: yeah i've worked a lot of overtime that's good. Like, I got some cushion right now. That's really good. Anything goes south.
0: You should try being salaried, and then you don't get paid overtime.
1: Bah. Yeah, what about you? What are you up to?
0: So, we had another friend in town this weekend from London. Hello. Um, so we did tourist stuff, and, like, lots of drinking. I just feel like every podcast, I'm like, yeah, I've been drinking a lot. Um, (laughs) So, he left this morning, and I, well, he left this afternoon, and then I had rehearsal. Um, and then I did some shopping for work clothes. Oh my god,
1: speaking of shopping, I went to that, um, grocery store you told me to go to. Oh yeah. It is delightful.
0: Yeah, more fresh market, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like a bunch of, like, locally grown stuff, and they have, like, a lot of healthy stuff, and... Yeah, have, like a wall of produce, it's so much produce.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. I really like it. Good. Um, what they else is new? I made enchiladas last night. Oh yes.
1: They were really good. They were really amazing.
0: Good.
1: And I bought like blocked cheddar, and I like grated. I'm into like grating my own cheese lately.
0: <laughs> okay. It's really good. Really good. Um, yesterday I went to. There was this thing called Dublin Veg Fest, which is a vegan food festival. And it was also delightful, as you say. Are you vegan? I'm vegetarian. Um, But I like to eat vegan things on I occasion. swear,
1: like, I know things about my sister. <laughs>
0: um, I could have become vegan as a recent development. That's what
1: I thought, though. I know you've been vegetarian, like, on and off a couple times.
0: I am now, I've now been vegetarian for almost a year. Wow. Yeah. Um, I mean it this time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm trying to stop eating red meat
0: you should do meat fewer in general. That was a horrible sentence.
1: I know what you mean. (laughs) Thank you. You should do meat fewer in general.
0: Well, okay, Billy does this thing where if you say... You know how, like, you say less to mean uh, a smaller quantity of something, and you say fewer to mean, like, multiple things, but fewer of them, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense? But Billy likes to always correct you to fewer... He always likes to correct you to the opposite of whatever one you said... Even if it's correct. Mm-hmm. So if I were to be like, oh, I had less fun than I expected, he'd be like, you mean fewer. <laughs> so now I just say fewer all the time, even when I mean less. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, what a cute bean.
0: Yeah. Um, I was, classic me, in the pub last night, listening to a lad playing the guitar, because that's what you do in Ireland. And I was messaging Carly like, Carly, please go to Ireland, we'll have so much fun. And we fucking would.
1: Dude, I, like, have already kind of been planning on it. Amazing. So the last, like, two times we've recorded, I have looked down to see that uh, my recording is no longer re- recording. It's the worst. And so we've had to start over a yeah. couple times. Uh, and we had been, what, like, maybe, I don't know, 25 minutes in.
0: Last time we were definitely 20 minutes in.
1: We were like 25 minutes in and it stopped recording around 12 minutes, I think. And I don't know. Maybe it's a ghost,
0: man. Mmm, spooky. I do have a ghost in my apartment. That uh, my laundry Many episodes, speaking of ghosts, many episodes are definitely happening. I think yeah, I'll for keep Halloween. that secret thing a secret. But okay. you can expect many episodes on the three Thursdays leading up to Halloween. I like
1: calling them mini myths.
0: Mini myths. Mini myths is what we call them. Yeah. Yes. Um, more details to come, but I'm very, very excited about that.
1: Mm -hmm. Megan has kind of been masterminding and organizing all of that. It's a really cool project. So
0: yeah. Good job. Um, what are you going to be for Halloween? Are you going to do anything? Um,
1: okay. So my friend Nico and I are being Jenna Marbles dogs her Italian greyhounds, Kermit and oh Peach. Oh my god, Kermit! <laughs> <laughs> so he's gonna be Kermit, and I'm gonna be Peach. And we live in two different states, and I don't think he's gonna be able to come down here for Halloween, so we're gonna do this, like, um, pair to costumes, even though we won't be together.
0: That is so funny. But How are you gonna dress up as a greyhound? Friends.
1: Well, she did a video of her transforming into Kermit, um, where she... Hold on, let me see if I can just, like send you a picture of this
0: i feel like it's um, terrifying and i feel like i am aware it is. of this
1: so um for those of you ha- who have seen her video transforming myself into my dog you know that it is terrifying and the funniest goddamn thing in the world
0: oh my god so we're gonna
1: do like dog makeup and then we want to get like the wig and everything
0: yeah but the wig doesn't have anything to do with the dog the dog no is just it doesn't but it's a wig. reference
1: to the video so it's funny
0: that is horrible um I wish that I didn't know that (laughs) I'll put that picture in the show notes guys
1: I'm so glad you asked me what I'm being for
0: Halloween Mm. um I don't know what I'm gonna do for Halloween yet I really don't like going clubbing I strongly prefer a house party but I don't know anyone in Dublin who has a house (laughs) um as in like everyone has small apartments I would assume
1: I miss, like, college. A
0: good, like, trashy house party. I miss house parties so much because, like, if you're trying to go out, you just have to spend money all night. Mm-hmm. And also, I really miss having house parties in my own house because then I can go to bed whenever I want and I do not like staying out late.
1: You cannot go to- how do you go to bed if there's a party happening in your house?
0: You sit in your own bed and watch Netflix and eat Ben and Jerry's and it's the best part of the night.
1: But how do you fall asleep?
0: You're tipsy, so it's easy. Okay. Okay. Um, At a certain point, I just, like, I'd rather be laying down than attending a function, so I don't care if it's noisy.
1: I'm no fun when I drink, because I just get, like, tired.
0: I just get sleepy. I get sleepy. Lately, I've been getting really stressed. I've been doing this thing lately where I just switch to water when I feel like I'm done, and I'll stay out, and, like, Billy will keep drinking, and we'll have a great night, and I don't have to get stressed about being too drunk. Um, When I
1: drink, it kind of just feels like I'm taking melatonin. Like, I just get tired
0: (laughs) Maybe you just need to sleep more. No, I sleep a lot. You do sleep a lot. <laughs> uh, are you going to ask what I'm going to be for Halloween? Yeah, what are you going to be for Halloween? Um, I got a Wonder Woman costume from this work event last <gasps> week, so I'm probably going to use that so I don't have to buy a costume. Nice. Yeah.
1: Oh my god, Halloween last year was the best. So I was in my show at Chicago Shakespeare. Oh, right. And um, we did this thing um, every Thursday where we would stay after and have a little just, like, mini cast party, and everyone would bring food, we would do it in the pub, and then, um, around Halloween that week, um, that, like, the Thursday of that week, um, we had a little Halloween party, hmm. and I was dressed as, I, I was young Donna from Mamma Mia 2, Here We oh, Go Again, right, yeah. and someone in the cast, um, Jeff, uh, was in the national tour of Mama Mia as Sam and was That's in the Paramount right. production as Sam. So he'd done, like, some 300 performances of Mama Mia. So, like, I made him take a picture with me, and he just looked like... He, like, can't even talk about Mama Mia anymore. Like, he's all Mama mia out. It was a That's very funny. funny.
0: Um, funny. Send us pictures of your Halloween costumes. Yeah. Last year I was Beetlejuice. I think it was really good, if I do say so myself.
1: I vaguely remember
0: that. Yeah. Um, what else? Anything else? Oh, I'm gonna be in a thing. I have a hidden bug in one of my plants. A hidden bug?
1: Yeah, it's chewing some of the leaves.
0: Oh, update me on your succulent. Is it alive?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. Actually, I was thinking about that. You asked a very good question, and I answered it stupidly. And this was weeks ago, but it's been haunting me. <laughs> and you asked if you overwater it, can't you just put in more soil?
0: Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, the reason, first of all, you should, but when you water a plant, the water absorbs through the roots all the way into the leaves. So if the leaves get, like, drowned, then it's too late. If you've overwatered, you can still repot it um, into soil that isn't so wet, and you can trim off any, like, roots that have died because of, like, the root rot from all the water. But if the water has already been absorbed, there's a chance it's too late. I see. Yes. So that was haunting me, and I just wanted to explain that better.
0: I'm going to be in a thing. Yeah. um, It is the Short and Sweet Festival, uh, Dublin. It's a New Works short play festival that's coming to Dublin for the first time. I'm going to be in a play called He Said, She Said by David Butler. It is an exploration around consent. And it's on October 22nd and 23rd in the Sean O'Casey Theater.
1: Congratulations. Thanks. It's so if you're in really... Dublin, go see that.
0: It's a really good play. Like, it's just very well written. It's fun, like, having trained in Shakespeare. It's fun going back to something that is so naturalistic, and it just feels like mm-hmm. words an actual person would say. And uh, it's just, it's a it's a good play. Cool. I won't give too much away.
1: Um, I'm also in a thing, and I will talk about this now and talk about show dates, because by the time this comes out, tickets will be on sale. I'm in Pride and Prejudice at the Resident Theater at edge of the wood in edgebrook illinois and we run the first three weekends in november
0: tight yeah blip blap. what else uh, oh i'm going to tato park which oh, is told me that yeah yeah i'm going to tato park on saturday i guess i will have already gone by the time this airs looking forward to that nice. oh i'm sure i said that last week too
1: Oh, we're going to, um, so my birthday's in two weeks. Oh, yeah. And we're, um, we're going to, like, a pumpkin patch pop-up in the city.
0: Uh, oh, the jacks thing or whatever? Yes. Oh, well, that sounds Jax. fun. I heard it wasn't fun, but it sounded really fun. So go. Oh. No, well, they have
1: go. axe throwing and beer.
0: So. What?
1: Yeah, <laughs> so.
0: Amazing. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do for Halloween, but I hope I do something fun.
1: Yeah, me too. Yep. Yeah.
0: Anyways, we're like 15 minutes in now. Yeah, should we, should we do something stand. useful? Yeah. So, I'm telling the story today of the Flannan Isles Lighthouse Disappearances. You heard of that? Oh, wait. Wait.
1: Is this the Eileen Moore thing?
0: Yes, were you doing god this? God damn you. you <laughs> bitch, that was
1: on my list of nine. Oh my god, uh, I was going to do that in like 3
0: weeks. Have you had you done any research yet?
1: No, I just, I saw it on a list on, Scotland. maybe Ranker or something, and I saw, like, the description, and I was like, holy fuck, I want to do that so bad.
0: It's not actually that good, but edit that part out. Anyways. Um, so yeah, it is, our story starts on December 15th, 1900. We're off the west coast of Scotland, and the weather is not good. There's a steamer boat. Named the Arcter or Arcter, it is on its way from Philadelphia to Leith, I think you would say. There's going to be Scottish words in this. That might be a problem.
1: Maybe I'll know them, except for I don't know anything. So no, <laughs> probably not. Totally not. Ah.
0: Philadelphia to Leith. Um, they're passing by the Flannan Isles Lighthouse, uh, which is on the island Eileen Moore. Probably also saying that wrong. And the captain of this boat notes in its log that the lighthouse is not operational. Which is really weird because it's brand new. I think it was literally finished the year before. So, three days later, the ship gets to Leith, its destination, which is north of Edinburgh. It's a port town. And they report the issue to the Northern Lighthouse Board, which is what you're supposed to do, I guess.
1: What's the it... issue? Just that no one's there? The light
0: wasn't on. The... And it's bad weather. So, so they the light... just,
1: like, passed by it, and they were like, noticed it wasn't on, and they were like, that's wrong?
0: Yeah, because it's bad weather. So the point of a lighthouse is to be like, there's land here. So right. the light really should have been on if visibility is poor. So they report the issue, and then they the Northern Lighthouse Board is going to send out a relief vessel. Which, the boat's name is the Hesperus. And it was supposed to leave on December 20th to see what's wrong, but the bad weather continued. So it left late, and it finally arrived around midday on December 26th. So that is... 11 days after the boat the other boat initially saw that the lighthouse wasn't working so i'm doing it again i said so um, (laughs) when the boat gets there when the hesperus gets to island moor captain james harvey immediately knows something is wrong because there's no flag on the flagpole the landing dock is covered in provision boxes that hadn't been restocked. So I guess like when they run out of provisions, they take the empty crate to the dock and then it's supposed to get restocked and they weren't they hadn't been. Okay. And then no no lighthouse keeper comes to greet the boat even when they shoot off a flare. So somebody really should be coming down to see or to greet them at the dock. And we're just gonna take a second to imagine how this relief vessel would have felt. Because it's just sort of a creepy atmosphere in general. Other than the lighthouse keepers, nobody lives on Eilean Mor. There were sheep and herders. I guess the herders might live there. But the herders were... They would refer to the island as the other country. Meaning that they maybe sensed something paranormal in its aura. Mm. The only attraction on the island was a 7th century chapel built by St. Flannan. And it had all these weird superstitions that would spring up around it, that had sprang up around it over history. Like, if you visited the island, you had to circle around the ruins on your knees.
1: Great.
0: That I don't know why, but there's fun. there's definitely a lot of superstition and a sense of something strange in the air.
1: So is this island inhabited?
0: No. So, like, it's just a very small island that I guess they put the lighthouse on so that you don't run into it, basically. And then there's sheep there, and then I guess the herders, maybe the herders live there, or maybe they live there certain months of the year, or maybe they just come over and herd the sheep. But there's no, like, civilization on the island. So they send the relief keeper, Joseph Moore, ashore alone to go up to the lighthouse and be like, what's up? The gate to the sort of lighthouse area is closed, as is the door to the lighthouse itself, But when he goes inside he sees that the beds are unmade, the clocks are stopped, which to me is the weirdest one, and then when he goes to get more crew from the boat and they actually go up into the lighthouse, there are plates on the kitchen table with food on them.
1: Oh good, so someone had been there.
0: Yeah, yeah, Uh and they find- so there's supposed to be three keepers there. They find one set of rain gear still in the lighthouse which is unusual since the weather was so bad like you really wouldn't leave the building without it Mm -hmm. um and then everything else is sort of in perfect order except the one of the kitchen chairs is knocked over dude yeah
1: it's like that thing of when people disappear and places are left abandoned like people Mm -hmm. say it's literally like seems like they were in the middle of something and then just like Mm -hmm. got up and walked out
0: there's another disappearance that they that this kept getting compared to, but now I can't remember. Do you know? Mm-mm. Um, I'll think of it. Okay. So there were three keepers assigned to the Flannan Isles Lighthouse. James Duckett, Thomas Marshall, and Donald MacArthur. And it's not a big island. It doesn't take long to do a thorough search. None of them are on the island at all. Interesting. But... They're also, they're not allowed to leave the lighthouse at the same time. Yeah, like, you Let can't... alone the island.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, there's always supposed to be one person inside this lighthouse.
1: You can't abandon your post kind of right.
0: thing. So, the question obviously then becomes, what could have been so drastic as to make them leave? The Loch Ness Monster! Maybe. I've heard stranger theories.
1: Are you gonna tell me those theories?
0: Yeah, I'll tell you the theories. Yeah! Where they initially landed was the east side of the island, okay. and everything there appeared to be fine, other than what I've already told you, but then when they go searching around to the west side of the island, there's a lot of storm damage over there. There are like crates and boxes sort of broken open, iron railings bent or pulled out of their concrete mm-hmm. bases, yeah, um, and turf and plants ripped away from the cliff edges, Mm-mm. Yeah, scary stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of the initial investigation that they do, and then Captain Harvey sends this telegram. I'm going to read it out. Oh, gosh, okay. He sends back to mainland Scotland. A dreadful accident has happened at the Flannans. The three keepers, Duckett, Marshall, and the occasional, I guess that means, like, a temp, maybe? A temp. Have disappeared from the island. The clocks were stopped, and other signs indicated that the accident must have happened about a week ago. Poor fellows, they must have been blown over the cliffs or drowned trying to secure a crane.
1: Didn't, in the olden days, didn't people stop the clocks when someone died?
0: Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know, though, because, like, is it something that the storm damage could have done? No. But I, I am with you, I think someone would have had to Yeah. Some, it. Yeah, it sounds
1: them. like someone would have.
0: I'll tell you which theory I hold okay. when we get there. So they find the logbook and there are some unusual entries in the days leading up to the disappearance. Oh fuck. So you. they uh so we'll start we'll start a few days back on December 12th. They're talking about bad storms and severe winds worse than they'd seen in their 20 years of experience. Marshall, one of the lighthouse keepers, is writing that MacArthur, the other one has been crying. Uh, which is weird because he has a real reputation as, like, a hard man. Oh, gosh. So it's kind of like what could be going on that he would be, yeah. When people start, just, I mean, like,
1: when people start exhibiting behavior that is unusual for them,
0: like, Mm. in such an
1: isolated place. You know what? I kind of am thinking that this sounds like something, like you said, but I don't know what it is.
0: It will come back to me, maybe, or maybe it won't. Um, so December 13th, they write more details on the storms, they're describing everyone as praying a lot, which, again, yeah, they have said the storms are really bad, but also the lighthouse is brand new, and it's, like, up to the top standards, so it should be totally safe, Mm -hmm. so it's a bit weird, like, how worried they all seem to be. And then the entries start describing the storm damage that Harvey and his crew had noted on the west side of the island. So it did definitely happen before they disappeared. But there were no other reports of storms in the area over the days preceding the disappearance. Not until December 17th. Oh. So, like, there's no storms in the area, according to anyone else. But these guys are writing for days about the worst storms they've ever seen. Oh my god. Yeah. Spooky, right?
1: Don't like that.
0: Yeah. So the last entry was on 9 a.m. on the 15th of December.
1: It was on 9 a.m.
0: Did I say on 9 a.m.? Yes. Okay, well... I still love you. Maybe I don't love you. Ah. Uh, um, the last entry was at 9 a.m. on the 15th of December. <clears throat> Storm ended. Sea calm. God is over all. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's it.
1: And that was the last one?
0: Yeah. And that's, it's also spooky to me, just the timing of it, because... I mean, I guess it's not that spooky, because if you're supposed to report a broken lighthouse, hopefully the first person that passes by it is going to report it. But just that they definitely disappeared after 9am on December 15th, but that the guys, the other ship that saw them and reported it, passed by that day. So the timing was actually very close.
1: Oh, gosh. Yeah. So potentially they disappeared... The day that the people sailed by it initially?
0: Definitely they disappeared on that day. Okay. Yeah. So, I will tell us some theories. So, Robert Muirhead, which is the superintendent of the Northern Lighthouse Board, launches the thorough investigation. He goes over the island again. He goes through the logbook. And he comes out with the official theory which like i guess he says the storms had to be highly localized because yeah there was no other storms reported in the area but these guys supposedly had really bad storms and there's all this damage and he's like well yeah obviously they're just localized which is a bit like that's really localized yeah um based on remember i said there was one raincoat left behind I don't know if it was just if the sizes were different or what, but Muirhead had determined that James Duckett and Thomas Marshall had gone out to repair storm damage in their proper rain gear. And then that okay. Donald MacArthur for some strange reason had followed them out, which he's not supposed to do, uh, and left his raincoat behind.
1: Okay.
0: This might sound a little familiar. Muir had then determined that a huge wave had swept all three keepers away, leaving nothing behind.
1: Like a Rebecca Corium yeah. kind of situation? Yeah. Hmm.
0: I just, I really never... Maybe
1: Disney's behind it all.
0: Yeah. I just think a rogue wave theory, first of all, is unsatisfying. Of course you want it to be something weirder. But also, it's theory, like, it doesn't explain what could have prompted MacArthur who by all accounts is an experienced seafarer and lighthouse keeper to abandon his post.
1: The fact that they're recording, you know, in the days leading up to this, that they're starting to act strangely. That's my
0: thing. And it's MacArthur that was, it was MacArthur that was acting weird.
1: You know, unfortunately, I think that sounds like it could be a possibility. And you're right that it's not very satisfying. But at the same time, like you said, it doesn't explain. Yeah. uh, Some other aspects of what's going
0: on yeah so that's one theory i will go into now more recent research has focused more on the specific geography of the islands and that western landing has lots of these narrow gullies called geos which in storm conditions can flood really fast and then wash out again really fast
1: Mm.
0: so researcher james love discovered a record of marshall being fined five shillings For equipment that had washed away in similar weather conditions. So Love is theorizing that Marshall is really trying to avoid getting a repeat fine. So he goes out in dangerous conditions. He is taking more risks than he normally would have. Trying to secure the rest of their equipment. Just because he has had to pay those fines before and he doesn't want to pay them again. At like, okay... Still doesn't explain MacArthur leaving the lighthouse, but maybe he was trying to help right. his colleagues or just warn them of the storm danger, and then they all got washed away. Mm-hmm. Um, another similar theory is this guy, Walter Aldebert, who worked on the island as a lighthouse keeper in the 1950s. He used his firsthand experience of the Western Landing, what it would look like in bad weather conditions, and exactly how dangerous it would be, he sort of theorized maybe one man had been swept away by a freak wave and then the others were trying to save him which is a little bit like i don't know how close the lighthouse is to this western landing but i guess if you hear that your colleague has been washed out to sea maybe that is something that's serious enough to make you leave your post and try to go get him yeah so that kind of makes sense to me but i don't know how long this would all take if you're like two guys on the on the landing one guy gets swept away other guy runs to the lighthouse to be like come help and then they both run out again I just don't know but that's a theory
1: wait so okay I'm sorry so per your timeline yeah the people sail past on the 15th Mm -hmm. so potentially whatever happened is going down like around the time that they're sailing by
0: Mm -hmm. interesting yeah I don't also know like I assume this lighthouse in 1900 would be electric. I don't mm-hmm. know if the lighthouse being non-operational, so not lit. I don't know if that's because it requires like attention to stay lit, and if you leave it alone for too long, it will go off. Or if in the events, maybe it's storm damage that's making it not work.
1: But if both these things happened on the 15th, then maybe when they were sailing by the lighthouse keepers hadn't disappeared yet. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but still, regardless, that was, yeah, I mean, the lighthouse still isn't working. So, you know, at that point, something is wrong.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Because okay. I guess if they, if it wasn't working, I wonder, I mean, I guess they probably have a telegram machine on this island. Yeah. So you'd think if imagine. it wasn't working, they'd be telling someone. So yeah, I don't know why it's not working, and I don't know the exact timing of when the Archer passed by the island, but I know the last logbook entry was from 9 a.m.
1: I guess my thought is maybe that at the time that they were sailing by, maybe they hadn't disappeared yet, but they had, at that point, maybe abandoned post or something Mm -hmm. because it's not working yeah lighthouse like the light isn't on
0: yeah it's definitely clear at least that at that point something is wrong for sure this is my personal favorite theory favorite meaning I think it seems really likely Donald MacArthur by some accounts had a volatile and aggressive personality so some people think Maybe there was a fight between the three men on the Western Landing that somehow led to them all falling off the edge of the cliff. Oh, God. Yeah. That one, I'm like, eh, you still haven't explained why there were all three out there. But then this one, to me, other people say, supported by descriptions in the logbook of his strange behavior in the days leading up to the disappearance and the fact that he left his rain gear inside during a raging storm. hmm Maybe MacArthur sort of went insane, murdered his colleagues, threw their bodies into the ocean, and jumped out and after jumped. Them. yeah, I think to me, it just seems like and again, maybe that's too neat. Maybe this story is actually a bunch of details that don't really make sense together because we're trying to extrapolate meaning from them, but I just think that that is the one that seems to make the most sense.
1: do we know who wrote the entry about there being? uh, storms happening when there were actually no storms reported?
0: Um, well, I know on December 12th, that was when they said the storms were worse than they'd seen in 20 years, and that was also the day that Marshall wrote about MacArthur crying. I think, I think there definitely were storms, and that's another part that makes this weird, and that's where you can see why people might start making supernatural assumptions, because even though there were no no storms reported, in the wider area like this island is messed up so clearly something huge is happening that's ripping up these iron poles and breaking open the boxes
1: who was the aggressive one that we think maybe could have had some kind of MacArthur MacArthur. so
0: MacArthur is the one who was crying and being really silent and weird
1: do we know if do we know who specifically wrote the entry about there being storms when we don't I know? I think
0: if... Marshall wrote it.
1: Marshall wrote it. Okay, that's...
0: Yeah, yeah I, I guess. Like, are you trying to say, do you think that MacArthur is hallucinating if, the storms? Yeah, I
1: was going to say... No, what
0: if Mith- I, get, I get why you think it. that, but, like, you, there is actual storm damage on the island. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, this one, it's just interesting because no one theory encompasses it all. Unless you're to oh, go... If, unless night. you go the way of, like, aliens or something. Yeah. Um, so yeah aliens ghosts those are sort of things that people think as well this is also something that people are still speculating about because one of the articles I read in the comment section somebody was suggesting maybe they had a type of food poisoning that caused hallucinations because that can happen with certain types of bacteria, bacteria or something but again doesn't explain the storm damage so you're just a bit like Ooh. I feel like
1: this does remind me of something. Maybe I'm Hold thinking up. of Eliza Lamb. Or Elisa Lamb because they were saying that maybe she was hallucinating.
0: Oh, the Mary Celeste. Yes. Yeah. Did I do that episode?
1: No, I didn't, but, we but should I should do the Mary
0: Celeste.
1: I did um start to do that and then I think I decided to do Rebecca Aquarium. I think the
0: actually. first the first podcast I ever listened to was 1001 Heroes Mysteries. I never remember the full name but the episode on the Mary Celeste. That was the first podcast mm-hmm. I ever listened to and it's really good. I highly recommend.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah, it is that sort of the same thing and they did figure out what happened to the Mary Celeste, right? Mm-mm. I think I heard like a very strong theory but I it's a similar thing where like you have all these details like they could be meaningless MacArthur crying could have just been that he was having a bad day yeah. and like now because we have so little to go on it's people trying to extrapolate from these minor things right and that maybe may or may not like be relevant lead. yeah
1: yeah things that seem relevant that may actually be nothing
0: yeah but, but my that... point about the guy saying food poisoning is just that people are still speculating on this 100 and mm-hmm. almost 20 years later
1: yeah, this does make me want to go on Reddit and be like, what do we think, guys? <laughs> like, just read a bunch of theories.
0: Mm. Yeah. I think the theories are obviously the most interesting parts of so, stories like So,
1: just this. to get this straight, there was no, there were no reports of a storm in the area besides the journal entry and the storm damage on the island. hmm But they're saying there is no storm, like, other people around the island yeah, like, there there's no, no one else
0: on this island, but Eileen Moore is part of a chain of islands called the Flannan Isles.
1: And the other people on the other islands are saying, no, there was no storm.
0: Yeah, I guess. Or the other people on Scotland. I don't know how populated the Flannan Isles are.
1: Or they're saying it was. It must have been incredibly localized, because there is evidence of, of storm damage.
0: Sorry. The, anybody who went onto the island is like, yes, there's clearly storm damage. But no one else from surrounding islands had said that there was a storm at the time. Right.
1: I don't know, dude. Maybe it was like a Loch Ness Monster situation where he comes up out of the water and, like, flops on the island and breaks a bunch of stuff Mm. and is like, alright,
0: peace. I don't know how, how localized can a storm be. Like, how small of a storm can you have? I'm sure stranger things have happened.
1: Yeah, I think there can be, like super localized little um what are they called? Micro like micro yeah. storms or something. D- you know, there's a weather phenomena that we just that exists, that can be very rare and that we just don't like maybe you or I don't know about. Like Yeah. One theory of the uh Diatlov Pass is that like in that area, I guess the winds can come together to make like little tiny tornadoes that can make you go mm. insane. And that's, like, an actual, like, weather phenomena that can happen.
0: Where's that? Diyalov Pass? Yeah. Bro. I don't know. You don't know the Diyalov Pass is? No, is that to do with the Donner Party?
1: No, it it, it was a mountain range in Russia where um, these people died in a really mysterious and unexplained way, and they're, like, they were found naked, which couldn't... Pretty easily be explained because of paradoxical undressing.
0: What, when you're getting hypothermia but you feel warm? When you're so
1: cold, yeah. You, yeah. Um, like, one person's tongue was ripped out, <gasps> and, like, they were found to be radioactive. Oh my god,
0: Carly, I actually have heard of this, but will you do it as an episode? Yeah. Good.
1: Thank I you. I mean, it's like, really, it's, like, really popular. I don't know if people want to hear it again.
0: Because,
1: mm-hmm. I mean... But yeah, sure, I mean, why not? It's interesting. I have no fucking clue what happened.
0: Mm, that's fun.
1: Why were they radioactive?
0: That's the thing. I that's do the thing really that like... doesn't
1: make sense. Like.
0: <sighs> yeah. I do really Weather like the Mary Celeste. can't explain radioactivity. Sorry, I keep starting a sentence at the same time no, you it's start okay. a sentence. Me too. <laughs> I'm just saying I like the Mary Celeste. It's a good yeah. history mystery.
1: It's a really good history mystery.
0: Anyway, the last thing I have to say about this is uh, James Love, one of the researchers who was talking about the specific geographical conditions on the west side of the island, in 2015 he said, "I'm going to do another quote. There is no need to invoke the sinister or the paranormal. It was purely a tragic act of nature. The men got swept away by abnormally rough seas." And James Love, to you I say, where's the fun in that?
1: That's what Disney tried to say about <laughs> Rebecca Corium.
0: Look, if and that Disney- was.
1: Pr- probably not the case
0: i've said it before and i'll say it again if it was a rogue wave then show the cctv footage of the rogue wave and Mm -hmm. this will all be put to rest
1: eileen moore 1900 give us that cctv footage obviously i'm talking about you know what i'm saying i know i'm messing with you
0: um do you think that disney actually has cctv footage of the rogue wave and isn't showing people because all press is good press like no, I'm saying, they
1: don't want. Are we back on Rebecca Corium? Though? Yeah, we're
0: back on Rebecca Corium. But you know, like the obvious thing is, people want to say, "Oh, Disney's hiding the footage because something sinister happened, and they don't want to be associated with it." But what if it's just that they're hiding the footage because it actually was a rogue wave, which is boring, and they know that people are talking about the mystery, but they want people to be talking no, about I Disney. I doubt it.
1: I think they just don't want to release a footage of a girl dying on their property because the railings weren't high enough to keep her from going overboard and they don't want their brand to be associated with death even if it was a rogue wave because their brand is so strongly associated with like childhood and happiness Mm -hmm. they literally like the employees have a quote that says like no one dies at disney because people have died at disney premises but disney doesn't want to talk about that because that is sad and they don't want people associating sadness with their parks because then maybe that hurts business even though it wouldn't because it's disney so disney's gonna be fucking fine no matter what yeah i think you can't hurt disney, disney owns point. the entire fucking universe yeah
0: here we are <sighs> back on rebecca Corium.
1: what did we say we think ended up happening to her
0: i kind of think that she probably jumped she jumped i think so yeah
1: i think that is what we settled on a rogue if it if it was a rogue wave strong enough to wash her off then that would cause some amount of damage like yeah if someone a wave else crashed into the ship like that yeah it, like the whole boat would have rocked yeah but maybe not because it's so big okay well these lighthouse dudes yeah i don't know <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Nobody knows. It
1: seems like there could have been some kind of altercation in the lighthouse because that chair was knocked over and the clocks were stopped.
0: The clocks being stopped is the one where it's like, I wonder if this those was clocks like are someone like... did that? Or did you have to wind them? Am I being dumb?
1: Right. I'm like, they couldn't have been electrical back then, right? Like they would have to be like their own.
0: They like, had electricity, you would wind them. but I don't know if that extended to clocks or if they were still yeah, using clocks that you had it. to wind.
1: You'd hmm. have to wind them i would imagine unless maybe the storm damage to the building could have somehow like damaged the clock but that's super weird and like the chair being knocked over did you say there was like food on the table too
0: yeah i did say that because it sounds dramatic but to be honest i've heard that both ways i heard that that's true and that it's not true mm. <laughs> we're all about facts here <laughs>
1: Either way it kinda seems like one explanation is that well not explanation, but one thing that could have happened is that they all very suddenly got up and walked out. Yeah. Which could have just been could have been something weird and sinister, but it also could have been, oh shit, something is happening outside that we should go.
0: You know what, realistically, it's probably a combination of the two theories. It's probably Maybe it is some freak weather event. It's a highly isolated storm. The men are feeling stressed out about that, so they probably are acting weird in the days leading up to it because they're like, what is this weird storm? And, you know, it's 1900. They're probably like, why is God sending this weird storm? Um, And then maybe they are trying to prevent worsening storm damage, and maybe MacArthur is feeling a little unstable, and he makes decisions that he wouldn't have normally made just because of the stress of the situation.
1: I could buy that.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know that I'd put a million dollars on it.
0: No. No, I think the thing is, with most of these history mysteries, the boring answer probably is, on some level, the correct one. Maybe. But it doesn't explain everything. Anyways, I have no more to say about that. I want to know the truth.
1: Yep. I want that CCTV footage. (laughs)
0: Ugh. Man. It's annoying that like even when there is CCTV footage, we still don't know the answer. Disney doesn't This have is have to how I feel about the, the boys in the tower. Like we have the bodies, but we still don't know what happened to them.
1: Cuz we're not going to DNA test them, right?
0: Well, we have some bodies. First of all, we don't know 100% if they are the boys in the tower. I mean, but, but they are two we... boys
1: that were found hidden in the tower. Yeah, so. but
0: even if we do DNA test them, we still don't know who killed them and why. I mean, we probably know why.
1: Actually, we talked about that on King in the Par- Car Park. It's actually possible that it was not Richard III, right? Wasn't it maybe someone else?
0: Yeah, it could have been Henry VII because he is equally invested in making sure that he gets the throne because his claim to the throne is just that he beat Richard III in I battle. I kind of think
1: it was him. No, because... But then they'll still pose a threat to Richard. They'd pose a threat to either of them.
0: Yeah, here's the thing. Um, I This is not fact. It's fiction. Who's that woman that writes the books? Philippa Gregory. Yes, thank you for knowing exactly what I meant from a very nondescriptive sentence. <laughs> um her book, I think it's called The White Princess. Yes. Is about one Elizabeth of her ten of thousands
1: of books that she's written. Yes. Yeah, it's Elizabeth.
0: about Elizabeth of York who married Henry the Seventh, and united the White Rose and the Red, and then was the mother of Henry the Eighth, I guess. AK
1: Cersei Lannister. Geoffrey Baratheon is Henry the Eighth.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, anyways, (laughs) so, sorry I got distracted thinking about your Game of Thrones analogy. Thank you. Um, but the book is about Elizabeth of York, and, um, obviously it's a fictionalized account, but it is based in research, and I sort of agree with the points that Philippa makes in the introduction, as far as, like, the book really goes into the instability and paranoia of Henry VII about his, like, hold on the throne. So if you're into historical fiction, I'd suggest it. I'm, You know what I'm reading for the first time right now that I what? really should have read before now? The Other
1: Bolin Girl.
0: The Handmaid's Tale.
1: Oh. Yeah, I, I, can't, her... I can't, I can't, I can't with that. I'm. It's too real.
0: I think the book is less scary than the show. It might just be because I'm still towards the beginning. But I think, like, the way the book is written is really, like, interesting, like, sort of detached...
1: I'm typically, like, fiction doesn't bother me, like, I don't really get disturbed, even with, like, really gory, disturbing subject matter, but I can't with The Handmaiden's Tale. Like, that's the one thing where I'm like, this, no.
0: Mm.
1: I can't because it's too real and it will freak me out too
0: much. Um, But yeah, I can't believe I never read it before. It's exactly on my alley. I'm very much enjoying it. Mm -hmm. Yep.
1: Anything I'm still else? reading Stay Sexy and Don't Get Murdered because I'm taking it very slowly. Yeah. I actually haven't read it. In like what
0: is it months. about? Is it just murder stories like or is, a, is it about no, their lives? No, it's a memoir. Is it, their, is it a memoir about their lives since the podcast or just their lives in general?
1: Uh, their lives in general. like. It's weird just, to write a dual memoir. It's really cool. Hmm. So, it's kind of hard to explain. Like... They'll, like, they did a chapter called, like, fuck politeness, because that's a very common saying that was mm-hmm. popularized on their podcast. And then, like, in that chapter, they'll both have stories about, like, times in their lives where, like, they learned that they needed to, like, live by that I or like where that. that came in handy. Yeah.
0: That's cool.
1: Yeah, they talk about, like, you know, their experience with diction and, sexism and, you know, their lives with their families and stuff
0: like that. Nice. Yeah. I would very much like to read read that. I've been listening to my friend Rebecca's podcast, The Search for Pink. Oh, yeah. Have you listened to it at all? I haven't. What's it about? It's just... It's an interview podcast, and she interviews uh, women, uh, so far all women, who are active in, like, arts and internet communities, I guess, so there's been... Uh, a food blogger basically or like a healthy recipe person and then different like artists songwriters uh, fashion stylists I guess you would call them just sort of different creatives about their lives and how they interact with their work and just yeah it's it's very conversational in the sense that it doesn't feel like an interview it just feels like you're kind of sitting in a room with people who are friends and who have a genuine connection and I think it's really special for that. Nice. It's just, it's very feel-good as well. You turn it on and you're going to have a good morning, which I like.
1: hmm I just listened to, um, two of John- Jonathan Van Ness's, um, Getting Curious, two of his latest episodes where he interviewed the CEO of Planned Parenthood. Hmm. I don't remember her name, unfortunately. Bad Carly. Um, and also the Kitten Lady. Oh, is that
0: Kitten X Lady? Yeah, the oh Foster the kitten Foster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I follow her on Instagram. Yeah, it's so good. Um, the episode of Jonathan Van Ness's podcast that I always recommend to people did I say this last week is mm-hmm. the one about the bees.
1: Oh uh, yes, you did.
0: Yeah. My good favorite
1: up. is so he's interviewed all of the queer eye guys, and my favorite oh, yeah. is the,
0: the one with Tan <laughs>
1: because their personalities are such, where they're both like very hyper and bubbly kind of i mean jonathan more so than tan but sometimes they just ended up like excited like screaming at each other and it's Mm -hmm. the most delightful thing
0: i think and and that's one of the things i like about the search for pink podcast so much is like it's refreshing to hear people talk who aren't too cool to be excited about something Mm -hmm. and who don't feel like they have to hide being invested and i think it's just it's refreshing to hear genuine excitement because i think a lot of being alive today is people having to be just too cool for everything yeah and I don't have time for that yeah Well yeah. said. So. what are you doing this week um rehearsal actually I have kind of a break
1: this week I'm only called one day nice rehearsal um so have a nice little break cool so I'm excited what about you
0: I am working potato um, park on Saturday
1: potato park
0: yeah and now I'm back in training I'm training for a 10k and I would like to get my time down so I'll be running a lot or realistically planning on running a lot and then just actually running a medium amount
1: <laughs> did you see um, our listens on our first episode have gone up Significantly oh, yeah. in the past week.
0: Yeah, I kind of don't like that because it means people are just listening to our first episode and then losing interest.
1: Or it means that people are starting from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I think it's we're having steady growth in general. Uh okay. once again, I wanna thank you guys for listening. <laughs> I don't need that. Okay. <laughs> I, love I you. said you guys and I, I, I stand thank by it. You guys. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, this thank is, you so much. It's Please fun. rate,
1: review, and, and
0: subscribe. Again, Please. I personally am not doing this because I want to become a professional podcaster, although that would be sick. I'm doing this because Carly convinced me to, and because I get to talk to my sister, talk on the phone to my sister <laughs> for an hour every week or two, and learn about history, and talk about it, and people have to listen. And it's great. But you don't have to listen. <laughs> yeah, but, but we'd love it do. if you did. <laughs> so far, they have been listening, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, please send me. These are the things I want pictures of your Halloween costumes, especially pictures of your pets in Halloween costumes. Oh, yeah. Uh, any creepy story you would like us to tell, we'll take topic suggestions. And then, a, like, a picture of a creepy place you've been. I like that as well. Oh, we had a, a suggestion for a Weird History Wednesday this week, and we used it. So I also love suggestions for Weird History Wednesdays. And obviously you'll get a shout-out on our Twitter if you send one in.
1: And I would just be the happiest little gal in the world if you would scroll down on our podcast page on Apple Podcasts and just tap the five stars... It's been a while since we've gotten a rating, and it would make us really happy if we could get those going again, because we want to reach as many people as possible who are into this weird stuff, just like we are.
0: Yeah. And a review if you have time. If you have three seconds, leave a rating. If you have ten seconds, leave a review. Leave a review, review, man.
1: Yeah. Let's get get
0: wild. Okay.
1: All right, man. it Okay. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. Bye,
0: guys. Bye.
1: Hey, guys. Carly here, and we wanted to thank you for listening to Sisterly History Mysteries. We hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed talking about it and sharing it with you. If you don't mind, we'd really appreciate it if you'd rate, review, and subscribe, as it makes our day, but it also really helps us out. You can email us at sisterlyhistorymysteries at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at sisterlypodcast.